I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast or to find out more about me, just head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 41 of Jumpstart Your Joy. I am so excited for today's episode because it has two of my very favorite people, Julie Houghton and Liz Applegate. Now, you guys, <laughs> this is my mastermind, and we've decided to come together for this episode to talk about the important role that support plays in following a dream. <laughs> this episode is just full of so much joy and so much laughter, and I am so excited that you get to hear the three of us talking about both the support we've gotten and given through the years as we followed our own dreams to become coaches. So this last week was so amazing, you guys. I... I am blown away, but Player FM named Jumpstart Your Joy podcast of the day on May 31st. And I was just, there was no warning on this. I was just completely blown away to see their tweet that they had chosen this show to highlight for the day. And it was just really exciting to see some new listeners join. So if you've joined us, welcome. I'm so glad you were here. Also that episode, so episode 40, which was five ways to add more joy to your life, seemed to really resonate with people. There have been so many great comments and a lot of tweets. I mean, just thanks, you guys. I I love seeing when things resonate with you. If you're new and you want to follow along with the show notes, this one will be over at the site, which is jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 41. And you can get all the links that we talk about there and follow along with timestamp, that kind of stuff. Also, if you like what you hear, of course, you can subscribe to Jumpstart Your Joy over on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. I would love to have you subscribe and leave a great review. It's always fun to see what people say, and I love seeing each one as they come through. I'm also super excited, just an update on one of the things that I'm working on is my Jumpstart Your Podcast class. Jumpstart Your Podcast is a six-week boot camp that will take you from an idea for a podcast to actually being ready to launch your first episode. And there are six awesome podcasters getting ready to launch their shows It's so fun and so great to get to teach people that are excited about learning something new. If you're interested, you can head on over to jumpstartyourpodcast.com. And uh, there's a sign-up form to get on the VIP list. The next class will be in July, and right now it's just a closed launch. So if you want to be informed, get on the list over there. I think seats will sell out before we even go to, like, a wide launch, which is So on today's show, I cannot wait for you guys to meet my dear friends, Liz and Julie. We talk about finding the community and the collaboration and the connection of a great support network. And we talk about it from the perspective of entering into an entrepreneurial venture. If you're just about to announce that to friends and family, we also talk about how once you are within the entrepreneurial field, how important it is to find the right support group. And that might look like a mastermind group like ours, or we also give ideas on other ways to find support if a mastermind isn't what you're looking for. And we end, of course, with how to bring your dream into action and how to jumpstart your joy. So without further ado, I bring to you this awesome interview with Liz Applegate and Julie Houghton. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. 
Yay! <laughs> yeah. So there's three of us on today. This is going to be a lot of fun and 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 probably lots of laughs um, because we get along so great. Uh, so let's do some intros. If you guys would say hello and maybe Julie first, uh, what were your earliest sparks of joy? Yeah. So I was thinking of this, and the first thing that came to mind was my favorite dump truck. which has like made a return in my life because now we have a three-year-old and a four-year-old so they'll they now play with my favorite dump truck so they'll come running with it to me mama it's your favorite dump truck (laughs) but yeah I really loved like playing in the dirt and just like being out in nature like all of my earliest joys I think I was in nature like swimming in the pond and catching salamanders and just being outside and being free. Yeah, that's that's what comes to me. And Liz, would you like to say hello and tell us about your earliest sparks of joy? Hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> so interesting because mine, too, were just in nature, playing in the woods. I grew up in Florida, so we always had a lot of fun tree frogs and grass snakes and just these creepy crawly things that I would build houses for. And so just... I just love that Julie and I both have those same <laughs> that same connection of being outside, yeah, swimming, and just I think there was such a freedom to it. Thinking about it makes me remember twirling, you know, just that twirling energy. Yes. So yeah, mm-hmm. so wow, it makes me want to go twirl now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and isn't there that okay? So there, isn't there a Steve Martin movie where the girl? She just twirls and twirls and twirls on the beach. I mean, it's like something about L.A. And yeah. that's not the name of it. <laughs> it's like, I totally relate to that. We've never talked about this before. <laughs> you yes. know what else I was going to tell you guys that um, I forgot about it, but it just came to me, was that I think I also my earliest moments of joy were when I was doing something to use my imagination. So I remember that I used to – it's kind of funny. It was like I was trying to find joy – when I was bored in class in elementary school, (laughs) I was like finding my joy. So I used to take my grapes. My mom would often pack me grapes for lunch and I would take my grapes. I would save some of them and I would draw little faces on them. (laughs) And I would, I had like the kind of old school desk at school where you have like the, maybe they're still like this. I don't know. You have the top and then underneath there's like a little slot where you can put your books and pencils and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so while the teacher was not looking, I would have my grape community in that lower slot. (laughs) And I would act out like little scenarios with them or like, you know, there might be like an eraser that was like part of a building or something. And then I would actually save, I wouldn't save them too long, but I would sometimes have like, you know, some of yesterday's grapes who would now meet the new arrivals. <laughs> so when they would turn to raisins, would that mean that they got kicked out of the grape community? They're just old age. I can't remember how what we did with the grapes you had passed on. I can't remember. That's good but stuff. yeah, so that was one of my memories where I was not in nature per se, but but it was like stuff like that where I was like using my imagination. I used to make little magazines too for our dog, like write little stories. It was like, it was called the Beagle Times because we had a beagle 
So I would make these like little magazines that were like a couple inches high. So stuff like that. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) It is so cute. Could your beagle read? I'm just curious. No. Yeah. (laughs) Your dog can't read. He could. We used to dress our dogs up in princess dresses and push them around in the baby carriage. You know, of course, dogs read and then our babies too. Yeah. What are you talking about, Liz? (laughs) I think that was the first snort ever on the podcast right there. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's great stuff. Yeah. You guys are, that's awesome. I'm thinking back to my best friend and I used to make like a Smurf village out in her side yard out of like (laughs) like mud and stuff. And and we would make Adobe. I don't know. There was some loose connection, I think, with Pee Wee Herman, you know, because he's like he talks about Adobe at the Alamo. And we lived in Alamo, (laughs) which is a town's name. So like, (laughs) I don't even know. Yeah, we used to make these Smurf villages out there. It was great. And sometimes we would sleep in our dog or her dog house. The dogs come back again there. Um, but like we somehow would fit four girls in a smallish doghouse, and like we would try and sleep in there. I don't even know how that worked. It was awesome. Like, were you pretending to be a dog? No, we were girls. <laughs> <laughs> we, that was our clubhouse. Girls in the dog house. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh. Could you imagine if we were all little at the same time? Like, here's Julie playing with her grapes, and then here's me making toad houses. <laughs> Here's Paula trying to sleep in the in, the in dog a doghouse. <laughs> you know what else I could totally see us doing that I just remembered I also did is it's like the old the olden version of Voxer. Now we vox each other all the time. So my next door neighbor and I used to write each other notes, and they were in code. So, wow. but the key was included with the note, so it was extremely <laughs> easy for anyone who found the note to decode it. <laughs> But we would bury it underground. So cute. And then you would have to go check and see, like, did they write back? But yeah, oh, can't you so see us cute. doing that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a little hard for me in Texas. I don't know. I'll go bury something in, I don't know, Arizona or something. <laughs> I know, yeah, the midway point here might be rough. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Notes were big. I wonder if kids still write notes like the same way. I mean, we used to pass oh, notes I all the time. Too. Oh, I, I hope time. so. I really yeah. hope that hasn't died out. Well, cool. So one of the things, I mean, I don't know, the listeners, we are, this group of three right here is a mastermind group that we formed after deciding that we needed more of each other in our lives <laughs> and that we had so much in common because we we all three are in early stages of creating a business and it has been a really amazing, I don't know, foundational and yet clearly hilarious gathering for each of us. And we really want to talk about how we've been following our dreams. And that means a lot of hard work and needing support along the way. And we thought it would be fun to kind of share with the audience Some of what we have learned, both from each other, but also kind of on our own, as we started to grow a business and a a coaching practice, is we're we're all three coaches. So, so we wanted to share that with you guys, and and figured it would probably hopefully shed some inspiration and light to others as as you may be either chasing a dream or going after a business of your own. So that's kind of where we're coming from. 
So my first question, and we can all, this is more of, I think this is more of a round table because I mean, I want to jump in too. So okay, <laughs> I feel like I'm less of the host, but like I'm still a participant. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk about what kinds of, what kind of dreams have each of us chased? And then I've got like a series of questions here, but maybe you could weave this in. Like how did each of us tell our friends or family about how this is something that's on our heart and that we wanted to do? Yeah, it's a, this is Julie. It's an interesting question because when I first thought of this, I was like, I actually can't remember this like moment of telling people. I think it's partly that I, you know, so my story was that I was in this corporate career for like 15 years and I was always kind of taking the safe path, doing what I felt like I should do, the responsible thing. And you know, not being completely miserable, but deep down, not feeling happy or fulfilled. I always knew that I wanted to do something more, but for the longest time, I had no idea what that was. I was totally stuck. And I felt like maybe I'm just like a lost cause. Like I'm not one of the lucky ones who has a passion or a calling. So it was, you know, just like a huge struggle for me for so long. And so now it's been two and a half years since I left the corporate world and started these steps towards building my coaching practice. So it's interesting as I think back to telling people, I mean, they knew, like everybody who knew me well knew that I had been unhappy for so long. So it wasn't like a big surprise. I think a lot of them were probably like, okay, like (laughs) you finally did it after so long. Everything felt very gradual to me, I guess. Like even... I remember talking to my mom about it where initially I was going to be a health coach. Initially I studied to become a health coach and I was like, I'm not, you know, maybe this is something I would want to do. I'm not sure. I guess I was also still kind of in a place a few years ago of feeling like I had to be certain about something before I tried it. So that was a big epiphany for me was that that clarity was going to actually come from trying it. I wasn't going to get that certainty like ahead of time. So I remember with my mom being like, maybe coaching, I don't know. I had to keep thinking about it and figure it out and then decide like if I want to invest in training. And she was like, you need to just do it. Like, you know, just try it. And I did. So I was like, okay, like, I'll just try it. Like, I'll start to do some training and I'll see how it is. But I don't know, this question of kind of like, how do you tell people? For me, I can't remember the moment because it feels so gradual, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, I love what you just said about clarity comes from trying it. Ooh, that's good stuff right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was you, a huge epiphany for me. Yeah. Do you find like that a lot of your clients are also struggling with that notion that like I have to be sure and so trying doesn't seem like a natural way to do things? Totally. I think that there is, you know, it can feel scary, especially, I mean, I totally get it. Like I was there like feeling like, I had so many fears. Like if I take one step off this corporate path, you know, I'm going to totally mess up my resume and there's no turning back. And even though deep down I knew this wasn't what I wanted to be doing, it was, it was really scary to make any move. And so I had this idea of like, you know, I need to have it all figured out before I make a move. I'm waiting. The other thing I was waiting for was to no longer be scared. So I was like waiting for the clarity, waiting to no longer be. Yeah. Those are, it's funny actually, because like I just, gave a workshop and I was talking about like, those were my two big ahas was first that you, you're going to, the clarity comes from taking action and you've got to try it 
to know if you're going to like it, you know, in whatever small way that is, not that you have to quit your job and start something completely new, but looking like for small ways to try something and experiencing things, even if that's just talking to a bunch of people who are already doing it. And then the other one was that like, the fear is not going to go away. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. going to always be there. You know, like, yeah. And that is like a whole nother long tangent of like, you know, how to move forward even when you feel scared. But, you know, definitely I see that. I think it's really common. It's really normal to feel, to have this idea that you want to be certain about something before you take the leap. But yeah, there's a lot of freedom in recognizing that, you do, you don't have to have it all figured out. You know, you need, you, it's a process, you know, you're going to get the clarity by trying it. You're not going to know for sure until you just keep taking these steps forward and you can just keep checking in with yourself. Like, how does it feel? Does it feel like this is something I want to keep trying and learning more about? Or am I getting like a, some signals that I don't like just keep checking in with yourself? Yes. I love it. Yes. Well, cause I think the other piece that I was so scared of was like that I had, especially, I mean, we could talk about finances a little bit, like maybe not yeah. to go to specifics, but like financially I was worried cause I had, I had been the primary breadwinner. Like, how do I keep my family safe? You know, like how do I make mm-hmm. sure that we don't go into disastrous ruin? And so there was a lot of that pressure on my shoulders too. And it felt like just what you were saying, like if I don't have the clarity and I don't know exactly what it is and if it's still feels scary. Like how would I possibly step into the unknown and then have all the burden of being worried financially? Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot to to carry into a big decision. Yeah. I know. I definitely believe. And yeah, I mean, I, it was interesting because I felt the same thing. Like I financially, the financial affairs were huge for me and I would definitely get very like a worst case scenario about it. Like we're going to be living on the streets, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but there is like just the practical. So I, then I also would tell myself, I'll never find a part-time job. Like it's just so hard to find part-time work. It's just impossible. It's never going to happen. But that was similar to the whole action thing because I was, I wasn't taking a single step to look for a part-time job. <laughs> like, mm. I was just telling myself it was impossible and then when I looked, I actually found something. I was like, you know, it's the same thing about like kind of getting out of your head, you know, that you can't think yourself to your dream. you got to just start taking the steps. Yes. <laughs> I'm just writing that down. I'm like, oh, yes. That's a good one. Yes. That's so true. So true. Yeah. Well, and I think there's something that happens, though, because – I don't know, because we want stability that we each collective or each individually say, but I got to have this, like we're just saying, you got to have this, this, and this to line up. And then you kind of get frozen into paralysis on making a a move on anything for fear of what might happen. So yeah, I think it's, and that's the part where, I mean, if we touch back to support, like that's the part where I think having had a conversation with someone and saying, here's what I think I want to do, even if it's that tentative kind of wobbly voice of, you know, like this sounds really fun. I don't know why I'm being called to this, but having somebody say, well, yeah, why don't you try it? Or, you know, mm-hmm. why don't you try an angle of it? Um, Cause otherwise, yeah, it's really easy to get stuck in the paralysis piece of it. Yeah. And I, I worked full time and then built my business on the side of that, which really mm-hmm. helped me transition though. I'm, I mean, I built that that side of the business, which was doing virtual support for 
small businesses and entrepreneurs, and I'm, I'm now transitioning more into the life coaching, it still enabled me to take that final leap from, from the nine-to-five world. And it's just a constant discussion with yourself, really. It's, it's like Julie said, it's, it's so easy to get trapped in your head of, you know, even now, that, even now that I'm out on my own, making the transition from one to the other can even be paralyzing sometimes. So it's, it, it's not, it doesn't end just because you start your own business or you go out on your own. There's a constant need to check in with yourself and check in with people that support you to help you move forward. Yes, totally mm-hmm. agree. Well, and what do you, can I dig in there and ask, maybe all three of us can answer too, but like, what do you do when you feel the paralysis hit? Because I'm imagining, well, for me, it still hits. But what do you, what do you find that works for you, Liz, to get through it? Um, well, I've, I've come to identify my process, <laughs> which mm-hmm. means, <laughs> which means <laughs> that I will go through periods of just downright funks. I mean, like I had one last week, like I'll be going gangbusters and feeling really good about the pro, you know, the progress I'm making and all these ideas are clicking and I'm so, so super excited and I'm just moving and shaking. And then I'll just hit probably two or three days of, of just low energy, low everything. <laughs> and just, mm-hmm. and I've just, you know, I used to beat myself up for that. I used to really, you know, have a lot of inner critic voices around that about how I was never going to be a successful business person with that kind of, you know, these things happening. But I've just realized it's just my process, you know, and I felt like I was boxing with you guys last week about how I'm just tired and I don't have any energy and I'm just going to lay on the couch and listen to the rain, <laughs> to the you know, rain. <laughs> you remember? It was yep. like, and, um, but, you it know, it, awesome. <laughs> actually, that was really nice and it was needed. You know, it's just I need to physically pay attention to what's going on and honor that, you know, not get stuck in it, but just just kind of accept that that's where I am now. I need to just take a nap. I need to just regroup or I, you know, I need to get away from the computer. You know, I need to connect with people who understand, but then also expect a butt kicking if that goes on for too long, you know. <laughs> I would expect you guys to call me on it and say, hey, how's that landing page you said you were going to be making, you know? I mean, so just being able to know that that's just my process. And then I got out of that, and then here I am ready for the week, you know, so mm-hmm. that. I think just learning how it is that that you um, function in in that growth world is is just very important, and that means really paying attention to to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that you brought up process and knowing that it's kind of it's an ebb and flow, like that this comes up and then you'll do what you need to do to get out of it. Because I, there's also that thing that comes up for me where it's like, Oh my gosh, this feels like it's going to be forever. I'm always going to be worried or I'm always going to be feel like I can't do this or. Oh, well I've, I've already gone through that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was all last year. That was. Yeah. 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 I feel like in the early days now I've, like you said, Liz, like I've come to see, that it's, you know, to know my process and to just see it's so much too about having your own business. There's so many 
ups and downs and like Rachel Maddox said that like idea of expansion and contraction mm-hmm. that in the early days I would have these low points and then I would kind of freak out and be like, this is mean I'm on the wrong path. Like, right. am, am I doing the right thing? Like I would just start to really make it mean all kinds of bad things. And eventually you're like, okay, this is actually going to be, this roller coaster is going to be a pretty regular occurrence where, like you said, it can be like week to week where things are really clicking and you feel great. And then, you know, the next week you feel like you're more in a slump. And I think it, so by kind of recognizing that it's the process, like you said, and then also, I think you like, you also said like seeing what else is going on because I can definitely see you know, if I'm just tired or there's a lot going on outside of work, like those are things I've come to see as triggers of when I might be more likely to get into a slump and it Mm. doesn't have anything to do with my work. It's just like, I need a break, you know, like I wish it would rain out here in California so I could just lie on the bed and listen to it. (laughs) We're praying for rain. (laughs) But I totally agree. Like now, if I'm in a slump, I box you guys. Yeah. And I feel like it's partly to kind of have you guys like remind me sometimes like, yeah, you know, we all are, you're not alone. Like we all get into a slump and, and also be there, you know, to help me like hold myself accountable to get out of it. But like to kind of give yourself permission to be in it and it doesn't have to be like, go, go, go all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you're not alone. Like it's normal. Right. And, you know, what you said, too, about outside things from, you know, your business. I mean, there's just no clear line of, okay, now this is li- this is light. This is time to do life. And then mm-hmm. in 10 minutes, now it's time to switch over to business. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, lines, the lines just cross so much. And, and we need to be, you know, we need to really honor that with ourselves that, you know what, sometimes life just sucks, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. things aren't going well. And I feel that having a close connection with people that you can go to and say, hey, you know, this is going on, and I'm just feeling like crap about it. And then just to have that connection, but then, you know, in 10 minutes, you could say, hey, I got this great idea from this crappy thing I'm going through right now for my business, you know, and then just to be fully supported by that with, with our group is just wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and Paula, you probably want to talk about, you know, add a link to Voxer so people know what we're talking about. (laughs) And and this is not an ad even. No, we just love it. (laughs) But you know what? You may want to contact them. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. Well, and so for the people listening, um, we are probably a fairly loosely organized mastermind. I mean, we defined ourselves what several months ago was like, Hey, let's, let's stick together and talk about business stuff. I think we've kind of fallen into a great rhythm where it's that we Vox. I, I mean, this seems unofficial, but official kind of like we, we almost Vox every weekday, like every working weekday. And it, and it could be qu- quite a few back and forth. Where we're like sharing all this stuff, <laughs> but it is really great because there's an instant place to reach out and be both to ask those really simple questions of like, Hey, did, I had a client, 
ask this question, do you know anything about this kind of thing? But also to just get into like the things that you go through as an entrepreneur, because that's a totally different thing than the actual business itself. Like trying to be out there on your own is is uh, way different than I think anyone would expect. It, it comes to mind that it's kind of like becoming a mother for the first time. Like you think, oh yeah, this, I got this. And then you're like, whoa, this is way different than what I thought it would yeah. be. Yeah, Totally. Or a parent. Yeah. If there's a a gentleman Mm -hmm. listening. Um, And going out on your own is, and, and becoming a parent, it's very isolating. I mean, mm -hmm. even though you're working with people and, you know, we have clients, even though we're, you know, we're working, but that's in a whole different capacity than what, what the three of us are used to, which is going into an office and having, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, people on the other side of going on and the lunchroom and all that going on, it's it's almost like a vacuum. When you leave that, you realize how much of that you had. And now all of a sudden, here I am working in my home office, having conversations with my dog that doesn't know how to read, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So just having that is just great. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Well, and let's let's go around the table, so to speak. How long have each of us been in, on our own? Maybe that would help listeners, too, to understand. So I quit my corporate job. It'll be three years in September. But I still have a part-time job that's super flexible that I'm still doing to just, like, I don't want to feel like I'm depending on coaching for my income because that's going to just bring this energy to it that I don't want to bring. And so I feel like that gives me freedom to just build my business at a pace that feels good. And so, yeah, still doing this part-time job, but it's been almost three years since I left the corporate world. And that's when I feel like I went out on my own. And I left my um, job in February, February 1st, 2015. And I think about getting a part-time job probably every other week. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, be, just because it is, you know, and I mean, it's gotten better, but I know the first year was really, was really hard. Just the fear of, of not being able to bring in the financial means is, is a, that's a whole other worry, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I still do the virtual support work, but then I'm transitioning out of that and more into the life coaching. Awesome. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even know if listeners, <laughs> I don't know how much I even talk about myself sometimes, but I'm i I'm at what, six months, almost six months of being on my own. And I had very specifically saved up um, over several years, like kind of once I sh- had identified that I knew I wanted to go on my own at some point, I started saving <laughs> every bit of money I had and yeah. anything that came in for be- you know bonuses and yeah. tax refunds and all mm-hmm. of it just scurried away. And and so when I went on my own at the end of January, so it's almost six months. That's I- I'm making a go of it as this being my my solo thing for right now, meaning coaching and slash podcasting, but but that's how I'm making it happen for now. And I, you know, in a couple months I might consider a part-time job depending on how things go. And that's, I'm okay with that at this point. Like it's just, yeah. um, I think there was something, if people are, are listening, if you go back to the Jennifer Lee episode, there's something very calming and settling about her. Like, well, just do what's right for your business. If you want to keep serving the people you serve and you need to make money, well then go get another job. <laughs> just just do everyone, you know, the, the solid there and, and do what you got to do to take care of it. So. 
we talked a little bit about like how it's so important. I loved Liz. I think it was your analogy of it being like a new parent and it being so what it can be very lonely and isolating to be on your own. Have you guys looked to find support systems locally? Because just so listeners understand, Julie and I are both in the Bay Area, but we, we don't see each other as much as we probably would like to because we're probably, what, 45 minutes apart from each other, which seems like a lot mm-hmm. in traffic some days. Right. Um, and then Liz is in the Dallas area. And so do you guys, have you found any great ways to find people locally that you maybe meet up with or chat with or have friends that you have lunch with? How has support looked that way for you? Well, I still, I'm involved with my church. And so I do have, it's funny because going to those social events now are even more important because <laughs> just to get out of the house and to to meet with people. I am lucky that I have a couple of good close friends who are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So we can meet up and, you know, meet at a coffee shop on a Friday for, you know, a blogging afternoon, which actually ends up a lot of times us just sitting there and talking, but that's much need that's needed as well. So locally those are those really are the places. And then I do have a couple friends that I'll meet occasionally. And it's it's just it's always interesting to me because they may be in the same stage of my life, which, you know, I turned fifty in April and they always, you know, they'll say make comments like, Oh, I wish I could do what you've done and, you know, that's where I'm always trying to say, well, you can, you know, I'm here, I can help you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but it is nice just to have, just to have that, those people that I can actually see and connect with. Well, I would say I actually probably should like connect more with people. I feel like I actually, <laughs> hearing what you said, Liz, brought me, brought back memories of before I left my corporate job, one of the things that kept me stuck was this huge fear of loneliness. Like, it's strange. Like, and it's not even that I had, I had like one friend at my job. It's not like I had this great social community at work. But when I was feeling stuck, like part of me was like, well, if I'm doing my own thing, I'm going to be alone all day. Like, even if I'm talking to clients on the phone, I'm, I was really scared of being lonely and isolated. And for a while that kept me stuck in this job because I would at least get to interact with people at this place. Even though, like I said, I didn't really have like a ton of friends there. I just had this one friend and we were so busy at work. Like it's not like we have actually even had all that much time to chit chat, but like that human interaction, I was really, you know, I'm an introvert. I need time alone, but like I need human contact, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting because I guess one thing I've learned is that, you know, it doesn't have for me, it doesn't have to always be connecting with people who, where I'm talking about my business or something like that, like just talking to our nanny when she comes in the morning before she takes the kids out, like having, you know, her to just like chat with for a few minutes or when I take our girls to preschool, just talking to the other parents that pick up and drop off for like a few minutes. Those little things like keep me going. And then, you know, I find that if I can have, you know, coffee with somebody, you know, coffee with a friend, like once every couple of weeks or something, I don't even do it that often. It's probably more like once a month, to be honest. <laughs> like, and like being able to vox you guys, like I wish it was in person, but just being able to talk to you guys. So it's like, I guess it's like these little pieces, like I'm having these little in-person interactions that are sometimes just a few minutes. Other times, maybe I'm with somebody like hanging out with a friend for a couple hours or voxing with you guys is so huge, even if we're not in person. 
So I haven't actually had that many groups that I'm literally part of here. Like I'm part of a really huge mom's group, but it's 99%. It's all online. It's like an online forum, but just these like little things, like a lot of my interaction really is via phone or some like, you know, online method. And the in-person stuff is, there's not a ton of it, but it's, it's actually been okay. Like it's enough to just connect with somebody for like a little bit each day with some longer ones sort of here and there. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's also super interesting that you brought up about being an introvert, but also needing that, um, having the fear of being isolated. Yeah. I, I mean, cause it's real. I mean, cause like, I, I think I'm probably, I straddle the line. Like I'm very happy being in an extroverted mode, but then I think as I've gotten older, I've learned that I really, I get energy from being just alone and, you know, not talking to anyone, which maybe a surprise for a coach slash podcaster, but that, that seems to be my, I don't know, my process of re-energizing. Mm-hmm. It was huge for me, the fear of being isolated. It was like, I was so ready to quit this job, you know, like <laughs> yeah. almost done with my training. Like the time was right, you know, and it's kind of, it was pretty powerful for me that fear to be like, well, I hate this job, but at least there are people to talk to, you know, and now I see like that is not the only way, you know, like being an entrepreneur doesn't, doesn't have to mean being isolated, even if you're not spending tons of time with other people each day, like, yeah, because I've tried, I mean, one of the ways that I've tried to make sure I stay in contact is it turns out that so Christy, (laughs) who's one of the previous episodes, I'll link it up, but she and I hit it off and she doesn't live very far away. So we've been meeting up for coffee, which has been really interesting because she's also an entrepreneur. And so there's that neat kind of synchronicity of, and then I've tried to make a point of getting out, like you guys are saying, like just to go see somebody face to face, like either go see my best friend who, but yeah, it can be really challenging when you feel like I've got to get all this stuff done. And then to make time to go do something else, just because I want other like contact with people. I don't know, that could almost be overwhelming in a different way. Like, oh my gosh, I don't have time. But then the energy that you get back of like kind of recharging and and getting out, maybe stepping away from the business for a little bit. I find that's Mm -hmm. really helpful. Yeah, I have a friend where we have like started to get together like about once every two weeks. And she's also a coach and we'll get together and work at a coffee shop together. And we'll catch up for maybe 10 or 15 minutes and we'll get together for like maybe a two hour block. And just work side by side. And it's like great to have that Mm -hmm. human interaction. And then, and it helps us both stay more accountable with like writing blog posts and that kind of stuff too, to have this work date together. So that has also been really awesome. I like that. Yeah. Well, and I think in accountability, I mean, so if we talk about accountability in our group, I mean, yes, we help each (laughs) other along, but I I, want to also be totally clear with listeners. Like, I don't think anybody here has got like a to-do list of like, I'm not saying, well, Julie, you said you're going to do this. Like nobody's right. following up with each other like that. Like it's more of the community. Like we want so much for each other that we will remind each other if we hear something that didn't happen. But like, it's more that like we grow together and we're supporting each other in a different way. There's no list. <laughs> There's no taskmaster. Yeah. I think that just having that though is helpful. I mean, for me to say, hey guys, I've got this great idea and this is what I'm going to do. It's it's almost like that sets it in motion where, mm-hmm. like Julie was talking about before, where, you know, when you're just thinking about it and not doing anything, that to me is part of my verbal processing. And mm-hmm. me verbally saying it out loud sets it in motion, where if I'm just thinking about it, 
I'll just think about it. So it, it sounds kind of funny. It's almost like self-accountability because I totally. know, yeah, I know that I've shared this with you guys. So I know mm-hmm. that I want to have it up and it's not out of a unhealthy, oh, I don't want to let you down because I wouldn't be letting you down. I would be, you know, I would be letting myself down on what I want to do. But I just think that just having that, just having that check-in is just so helpful. I feel like we totally challenge each other. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, if someone, if one of us says we're going to do something or we're not, we're going to stop doing something, we're going to not do something, like we will lovingly like challenge each other <laughs> right. to figure out like yeah. what's underneath that. Um, right. Especially getting back to that idea of being in a slump, you know, that like, yeah. is it, are we playing small in some ways? Is that what's behind it? Or is it truly that you, you know, changed your mind about something and you want to do something differently that, you know, you don't want to do that thing you said you were going to do like, you know, and supporting each other if that's the case, but like getting underneath it, I feel like it's so huge to have each other to do that. We all have, we see the, I'm at, I'm at the like when we talk about we like, I, I can see famous Liz, I can see famous oh. Paula, like we see <laughs> the potential. See yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like, we know, we see what the others are capable of. So we like hold their highest potential, you know, mm-hmm. we hold space for that. And it's like we have <clears throat> access to life coaches 24-7. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. Yes. Friends who are coaches. Yes, it <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is kind of interesting that if you're a coach and have a mastermind with coaches, you kind of do have that accountability and, and love <laughs> and coaching built in because – yeah, I mean, we, I mean, and it's always done with permission and love, but it's also really nice to have the skill set to say something like, "Hey, it sounds like resistance is coming up for you around this. Why? What is it? Right? Like, yeah, <laughs> or like the other day, Liz was like, "I think this might be your inner kid," and I was like, "You're so right." <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or I always love when we'll say, okay, I'm not your coach right now. I'm kind of, you know, right, I'm totally. speaking as a this friend. This is not a very this coachy not, thing to say. This is not a very yeah. coachy thing to say. <laughs> yes. Totally. That is cool, though. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want it to be all coaching all the time. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I couldn't live with myself. That's Nobody all would want that. No. no. So true. That's good stuff. Well, so we are, we're getting close to our hour-ish mark. That's so coachy of me. Um, <laughs> is there anything you guys are working on that you want to, you know, tell people about? I'm getting ready to launch my podcast. Thanks mm-hmm. to Paula. Um, since I'm in your Jumpstart Your Podcast class, I'm very excited Woo-hoo. about that. It is, I have it slated to launch next week. And it will be Midlife Schmidlife will be my podcast. So I'm really excited about that. Yay! Yay. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait to hear it. Yeah. And I will I will link up and I will tweet it out to the world and all that. But awesome. yes. Thank Yay. you. Yeah. Of course. I'm so excited for you. I cannot wait to hear it. Me um, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have anything new per se. I would say... Like if anybody wants to learn more about me, I have a free ebook on my website, juliehoten.com. And it's basically, it's, it's called like five simple things you can do to find work you love, like five simple things you can do today. I think it kind of goes back to that idea of action that like there are these small baby steps you can take to start getting more clarity. It doesn't have to be this huge leap, you know, where you like quit your job or move across the country or 
sell all your stuff. There are these like small baby steps. So that something to check out if you're curious. It has just some like some fun exercises in there that can help you start on that path. Awesome. Yes. I'll look up to that too. And Liz, what's your website? Um, MidlifeSchmidlife.com. Awesome. Also in the show notes. (laughs) Yes. Let's see. Let's do kind of a modified version of our dream question, which is what I usually ask, which is if someone has a big dream that they want to bring into the world, what advice would you give to them about bringing their dream into action? If you guys want to talk about that, maybe from your own, either from a a perspective of support, like, is there a way you could get support to bring your dream into action? Or if you want to talk about it from your lens of coaching, that might be all, all might be awesome as well. Well, I just, I just really think, I just want to reiterate what Julie said before about just taking action. I know that I can overthink and overplan and overanalyze and that really feels like you're doing something, but you're really just creating just kind of a busyness, kind of a spinning place where you are and you're not moving forward. And so really it's just taking the first step and realizing that you don't have to know the second step. Mm-hmm. And I think as, as soon as you realize that, and I, I do think it takes time. I, I think it takes longer for some people to really do that, but just to kind of trust in that, to trust in yourself. And if you don't, like Julie was saying, you don't have to make big major changes. You can just do one small thing. And I I also challenge people to do, it's, I challenge myself, it's what I call my, my uncomfortable challenge. So it's do one uncomfortable thing every day. And what I mean by uncomfortable is to step out of your comfort zone. So even if that means that you're standing in line at a grocery store, it means talking to the person behind you. Or it means if you're in a Facebook group with other entrepreneurs and there's something that you can help somebody with, it's actually stepping out and saying that you can help them. So every single day, if you just do one little thing that makes you uncomfortable, it starts to kind of to make your comfort bubble a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just feel like for growth that that is just an important thing to consider doing. And I still challenge myself to do that, especially when I'm getting out of those funks. So I'm back into my little uncomfortable challenge right now. Love it. And Julie? Yeah, I would say don't wait to become fearless. So, you know, the don't wait for the fear to end because it's not going to end. <laughs> so I think that that, you know, like I said, that was a huge epiphany for me. And, and it was interesting because when I had this epiphany that the fear was not going to end, I was like, you know, I've read this so many places and it just never sunk in. But one day it just sunk in that there was not going to be this magical time when I suddenly was not scared and then I could make my move. Like that, that day was not coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and then like related to that, the huge shift for me, which again, I had seen this, you know, in books and from other coaches, like this was not this new idea that I came up with, but it really one day just really deeply sunk in for me was that you, there's wisdom in your fear and that you 
can almost welcome your fear as a signpost that if you, that there are really like two types of fear. There's fear where you feel like a sense of dread. You feel constricted, like your shoulders are in knots, you know, your stomach's upset, like where you just want to crawl into a hole. And that that is a sign that like, maybe there's something going on there. That's really not in alignment with who you are and what you want. That that could be a sign that this is not the direction for you. There's another kind of fear where there, you know, you feel scared, but there's a spark of excitement or curiosity mixed in as well. And that when you feel that type of fear, that can really be a sign that you're headed in the right direction and that the reason you feel scared is because this thing is close to your heart and really matters to you mm-hmm. and that it's really a sign to keep moving. And that, like I said, it is not like this, not an idea that I came up with like this <laughs> out there, but one day that so deeply sunk in for me and it totally changed my relationship with fear to see it as something that I could actually welcome as a huge source of information, you know, as you're taking those baby steps to just keep checking in with yourself, moving past that place where I was for so long, where I was waiting for the fear to end. It was so different to actually like welcome the fear in a way. And, you know, not that it ever feels good to feel scared, but to welcome it for all the wisdom that it brings. Yeah. I love that too. Um, I've realized, like I was talking about my process, I've realized that the fear can show up in ways like last week where I was having the low, the low days. And I really feel like that's part of an upper limiting thing with me. So Mm -hmm. just recognizing that fear can show up. A lot of times fear isn't like we think of like standing on a tall, you know, the top of a tall building or something like that. It, It can show up in just such strange ways that you might not recognize as fear but like we were talking about going through your process, you kind of learn that, oh, this is fear showing up. <laughs> Hello, fear, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what's so valuable, too, about having friends who are coaches or having your own coach is that, like, you have somebody to help you see when fear is at the, is at the root of things. Like I said, when we're yeah. supporting each other, where it's like, okay, is this thing that you're proposing because you had a change of heart or is there some fear underneath there like that? having somebody to help you identify it. Yeah. And starting to know each other well enough that it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, this sounds like, I mean, cause the other thing there is I think we're all versions of multi-potentialites where we have so many different passions and we're drawn different directions. And there's that thing that happens is like, well, did I just give up on that idea? Because it, it played itself out for me, which is one thing that happens to this personality type, but really getting familiar and comfortable with this idea that, well, sometimes I do let go of stuff because I'm just freaked out by it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not because I I got as as much of it as I needed. It's just because I'm like, eh, no, that's scary as all get out. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's a really good point. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know if I've ever answered that question, so I'm just going to go for it. I think to bring a dream into action, I would say like follow the small bits of joy and like the little universe nudges as I see them. Like if there's something in your heart and you're like encouraged and it keeps showing up and you keep seeing this thing again and again and again in little ways and big ways, or, you know, your brain keeps bringing an idea back again and again, like pay attention. And then just like you said, Julie, 
take that first small step. Like it can be a tiny step just to see it, try it on, see if this thing that you like is something that has a bigger, you know, a bigger potential for you. Cause I think the mm-hmm. thing is, it's so like, we all have those ideas and then we think, Oh, well, why didn't I act on that? And so do yourself the favor and don't say, well, what could have happened if I'd acted on it? Well, just act, <laughs> like just, just go for it. And it can be tiny. Some days totally. are never on your calendar. Make your, what is your, your, your line? Liz about uh, turning, turning maybe some days into today. Yes. I love that. Okay. And then let's, let's each talk about three ways that we can think of to bring joy into your life in the world or in other people's lives. Liz, if you want to go. Yeah. I think to always remember that everyone has a story. Mm. Um, mm. You know, the person that cuts you off, in traffic or the grumpy clerk at the grocery store. Obviously, I need to go to the grocery store because I keep coming up. But, um, you know, I mean, everybody that you run into has got something going on in their world. And just to extend kindness, I think, is just so important for not only your own peace of mind, but also just doing just doing good. Mm-hmm. But that's a a number one for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny, Liz. That's like exactly what I was thinking too. Is, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, finding a way to do something small for somebody else. And I love what you said about like everybody has a story too. So even if that something small is kind of showing some kindness or letting it go, if somebody, you know, cuts you off in traffic or <laughs> whatever it may be. Yeah. And like, I guess the other thing, is just gratitude. I mean, that's, you know, you probably hear that answer a lot, Paula, but I think mm. gratitude for the small things, especially, I think it's easy to have gratitude for these big things like, you know, my family and, you know, a safe place to live and all that kind of stuff, but just gratitude for the small things in your day. I really believe that when you, when you make an effort to notice those, it can just shift your mindset and, you just you start to look for the good. Yeah, I think if if I layer one in on this, it would be something about allowing yourself to feel joy. Because I think so many times, and it, it might be around sticking in the present moment, but there's something more to it than that. You know, my son is five, and it'd be super easy to blast through the day and like get all the to-do list stuff done. But I have more joy when I participate in his joy. So maybe that's a better word, way of saying it. He has joy all the time. Like he's always into stuff and doing goofy stuff and dancing around. And so if I can, if I can sink into that with him for a few minutes, like nothing else matters. Like whatever it was I was worried about doesn't matter anymore because like I'm singing with my son and that's awesome. And I'm sure people can find those little moments somewhere else with, with someone else, like finding the connection and the the ability to like sink into the joy with them, but just let it happen. Like, don't fight it. Just go for it. Like last night we were driving home in the car and we were laughing so hard on one of the bridges, like all of us had gone. So my husband and and, uh, my son and I were laughing so hard that we were all crying. And like, if we'd all been, you know, grumpy and stodgy and, you know, we're not going to laugh about stinky smells in the car. Well, like, (laughs) like that just that moment wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Oh, that might be too much information right there. But But like, if you can't like sink into that, yeah, it it disappears. 
I know. I just thought of the rotten milkshake smell in our car. It's <laughs> <laughs> been, I don't know how many months we're going on now, but yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like something now will be like, still smells like rotten milkshake. <laughs> I want to some point, like, what can you do other than laugh about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, well, thank you both so much for being on the show. I think that's a, a perfect place to just yeah. <laughs> call it a wrap and <laughs> say thank you. Oh, thanks for having us, Paula. Thanks so much, Paula. Yeah. That was so fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much to Julie and Liz for being on the show. It was so much fun to get to talk about our mastermind group. And I hope that inspired some of you to think of ways that you could find support if you are out there in in the entrepreneurial space or if you are considering it. Maybe it gave you some great ideas on how you could find a support network for yourself. So if you want to find out more information about this show, it's on the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 41. I have all the notes and you can find your way over to Liz or Julie's website if you want to learn more about them. And I encourage you to do that. They are amazing coaches. For next week on the podcast, I have an interview with Velvet Eau Claire, and she is a burlesque dancer. She happened to listen to the episode with Laura Sims and I, where she was super inspired by our discussion about purpose versus passion and actually recorded a podcast episode of her own on that very topic. I cannot wait to talk to her. So come on back and hear that great interview next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.